right. We are getting situated into the evening. How is everybody doing? I know this is a little uh, last minute here, uh, but you know sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta live in the moment. Oh hey, ha <laughs> ha. Well, it looks like we got our uh, sound here. Took a little second. It was turned down on my side, but we're leaving it in. Why not? Uh, this is a pretty last minute episode here. <laughs> Uh, but there is a reason for it, um, because we are talking about an amazing album today that just dropped uh, at uh, midnight, technically early this morning, uh, 001, 0001, I should say. Uh, we're talking about the album by Boy Genius, and yes, it is actually titled The Album. Boy Genius put out the album uh, today, it was released, and it was hard, it was difficult to pick what to talk about today on the Lunchroom Music Review, because there were so many great albums that dropped over the course of this month. I couldn't even really do just a snack, because it's like there were all these different tracks from all these different albums that I liked. So for example, we had towards the beginning of the month if everything loads up here and we'll see how this goes but uh for for sure honorable mentions that we had uh at the beginning of this month we had uh some new tracks from uh owl city which were amazing. Of course, every year around this time, either Flogging Molly or Dropkick Murphys release some kind of other track uh, or album. Uh, and we had Flogging Molly drop um, kind of like a single slash EP. We had Jeff Goldblum release an EP about the middle or the end of the month. I can't remember which off the top of my head. Another honorable mention is Death, Death Cab for Cuties, uh, Asphalt Meadows Acoustic, and that was amazing. Uh, that is a completely different take. Um, a couple other singles we got, To Be Yours by Odessa, uh, James Dean by Tash Sultana. Around the 17th, we had U2, and, who dropped um, basically like acoustic uh, remakes of 40 different songs over the course of their career, and that was uh, due to the pandemic and lockdown in general. And we also had uh, Foxy Shazam put out a really amazing album called Dark Blue Night. No vinyl release on that yet, although Foxy Shazam has decided to release the Flamingo Trigger on uh, physical format, as well as the introducing LP that followed the Flamingo Trigger. So if you were big fans of Foxy Shazam back then, the Flamingo Trigger is your album and your go-to. And then towards the end of the month, so last week, we had some really bombastic albums that dropped. We had Symphonic by Cody Fry, who is a uh, composer and also a singer-songwriter who made... Um, all these different compositions. One of his most popular tracks is a rendition of Eleanor Rigby 
that is with a full symphony and um, choral background, which is amazing. Jeff Goldblum released an extended play, um, which is like a medium-sized snack or lower-grade meal. Um, And that was called Playing With Others. That came out on Decca Records. Another huge mention is Coco Moon by Owl City, which was in the running, actually, for this uh, segment of the Lunchroom Music Review. So Much for Stardust by Fall Boy. Fallout Boy, I should say, not Fall Boy. Fallout Boy is another great one. Celebrants by Nickel Creek was also in the running for uh, the album that we would go over, but none of these would last because um, even up against a uh, deluxe reissue of Elephant by the White Stripes, now on its uh, 20th year, congrats, finger snaps for that. We have to get into the record by Boy Genius. Now, when we think of Boy Genius, we have to think of a couple different individuals here. We got Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker. And the thing about Boy Genius that you have to understand is out the gate in 2018 when they drop their EP, uh, Extended Play, it is stylized to look like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Well, sorry, Crosby, Stills, Nash. I always say Young because I'm a huge Neil Young fan, Um, but (laughs) this was prior uh, to their edition of of Young. So Crosby, Stills, Nash, if we look at the classic uh, 1969 debut album, it has Crosby, Stills, Nash on it. Um, They are all sitting on a couch in front of their house, presumably in uh, Laurel Canyon, and they're holding their guitar. In this, we have the three women, uh, Phoebe, Lucy, and Baker, Julian Baker. They're all sitting on the same couch. Um, They're not dressed the same, but they at least have the guitar. So already Boy Genius is trying to, I guess, poke a little fun at uh, the, uh, I guess, the idea of the supergroup. They prefer uh, the term the supergroup uh, over just like a side project, which has popped up in a number number of different resources and interviews such as NPR and Rolling Stone. Um, but also, Boy Genius isn't afraid to poke fun at different uh, rock groups or um, combo groups or even just like pop acts in general. Uh, their Rolling Stone uh, cover shoot Uh, which Haley Williams ended up dropping in on, which is a funny YouTube video uh, if you want to watch it. And maybe I'll make a rendition to it later where I post um, that link. Uh, Basically has them stylized to look like Nirvana um, from their infamous Rolling Stone uh, photo uh, cover shoot. And it's really interesting because each of these artists have their own established careers. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't delved into Lucy or Julian's discography as much as I want to. Uh, but I'm pretty familiar with Phoebe Bridgers, uh, mostly because, you know, emo scene kid, you got to represent, but also Bridgers, um, had this really big breakthrough around the time of the pandemic. Uh, some notable tracks, um, are motion sickness, uh, Punisher is another good one. These, songs showcase bridgers like i guess her i don't want to say it's like ambient moody pop 
it's not in the same like baroque pop as like lana del rey but it's more so on the back end of like i don't want to say melanie martinez because i feel like that's almost a bad example um it just seems a little bit different it seems almost more like um gosh it's eluding me right now anyway it's more of like ambient i don't really want to say it's shoegaze because shoegaze is a genre that's more associated with like early smashing pumpkins yola tango um it's pretty moody in its own right but that's not exactly what it is it's more so something along the lines of like i guess i would just call it um lo-fi emo i guess you would say or um lo-fi pop uh all akin to maybe even beck it's moody you know it has a lot of gravity to it uh but it's you know it it adds gravity and weight it's not in the in the phoebe bridgers catalog along with uh, for example like better oblivion um i think it's better oblivion bicycle club i don't want to mess this up for the community here better oblivion community center sorry i was thinking along the lines of um tuesday morning um from uh, Cheryl Crow. My memory is not great tonight because uh, we're pushing the deadline to get this out to you. So sorry there. Anyway, when we think of Boy Genius, um, it's in the Bridgers catalog, not necessarily necessarily along with Better Oblivion. It's not necessarily all akin to, uh, you know, just Bridgers solo, solo work because... Uh, we have the addition of um, Baker and Lucy um, to kind of round things out. Uh, And what do I mean by that? Well, you know, Bridgers does a lot of, you know, the guitar work and stuff like that. Now we're adding a couple more guitars and a couple more players. We're kind of pining out to session musicians to kind of fill everything out. But it also gives the ability for all three songwriters to kind of operate within their friendship. And that's similar to, um, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash. I mean, we're seeing a lot of these autobiographical things where, you know, for example, um, one of the songs comes across uh, as, you know, let me see here. I said specifically it was track four, which is True Blue, um, those in particular, that song, um, I think that's more of a, um, it's more of a Lucy track, but still in that regard, um, the other, um, women in the group really round that song out with the harmonies, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, a lot of the, I guess the lyrical content too talks about how she can't hide um, around you. Now, whether the collective you is her friends or that's a lover, we're not really too sure. Um, but I'm sure a quick genius, uh, look would reveal one way or the other, but music is about your interpretation as well. You know, Dave Grohl really opens that up by saying that, you know, he writes songs because, you know, the lyrics rhyme or they sound good. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's writing them because, you know, there's a thousand different ways to interpret the song and they're all singing back to you. 
So coming through this record, True Blue, um, I'm really surprised it's not a single. It was released with the three songs early on, um, along with the other two standout singles, uh, $20 and Emily, I'm Sorry. Uh, not strong, strong Enough came a little bit later, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of these other tracks uh, becoming singles here soon. That being said, um, I with True Blue, I was getting a really uh, solid Paul Simony vibe. If that sounds weird, we're looking at something like Slater Kenny and Paul Simon or Crosby, Stills and Nash threw together a song. It's like talking about disassociation, but also love. Um, and uh, a perfect example too of where I am thinking that. This is this is more than just a Phoebe Bridgers like collaboration project. Um, is on uh, Emily. I'm sorry. Yes, Phoebe Bridgers could have harmonized with herself. She's often done that before. Um, she's double tracked her vocals, and we can see that in the song like Motion Sickness. Um, but what she's doing here, she's adding to the collective, and that's what the again this record is about. It's about this friendship. Um, and again, in the interviews, they're talking about uh, how they're collectively bringing this in together where they are, um, you know, expressing their, uh, you know, friendship through some of these tracks, you know, it was a situation in which, uh, you know, they couldn't hide, uh, Lucy couldn't hide behind, you know, the facade and it's, you know, down to her her friends or this lover to be like, yeah, I, I can't hide behind you. And Emily, I'm sorry. Um, you know, it's talking about how um, it's just basically putting on a face for someone. But, you know, a lot of these tracks are really cathartic. Um, $20, for example, is, um, you know, you're getting like a St. Vincent almost meets Nirvana vibe. That's a huge single. It's a big standout. Uh, that is a huge track. The other thing about $20 is that it's got like that post-punk level of Slater Kenny and St. Vincent. Uh, and the guitar is really solid. It's um, dynamic in that right. And then you've got... It's almost like these three different pieces going on in the background with the vocals. There's the main vocal, there's the harmony, and then I'm assuming it's Bridgers who's just going off and screaming about how can I just have $20 and to go do whatever it is. And it's really nice to have that here. It's nice to see, I guess, this other dynamic in it too where what we talk about with music, we have a lot of instances in which there are you know autobiographical tales in it. Um, but what I really like about this too is that it reminds me again, sorry for all these Crosby, Stills, Nash references, but it reminds me of that, especially in uh, Helplessly Hoping, where it starts off and there's one voice and it says they are one person, they are two together, and it just goes and then they add voices and it builds. This record does that and it's really good. Um, and then Not Strong Enough is definitely that kind of like SoCal uh, rock vibe, but it is more so along the lines of Cheryl Crow. Uh, there's a lot of Crow reference in that. Um, 
You could argue some Alanis Morissette in there too. I could definitely see that. But the big thing about this record um, is uh, the the main things that I've been seeing or hearing about it are that it's very one note in the fact that you know it's a bunch of you know uh, women saying you know singing relatively the same way. Uh, they're not really adding a lot of dynamics. There's a lot of discord, but you got to think about this. The, this record, I feel like, is pushing a lot of different stereotypes in addition to adding a really unique dynamic to what the idea of a quote-unquote supergroup is um, in the fact that, you know, you have these three artists, as various articles and institutions are saying, at the peak of their careers, and they could all go on and make their next album. So they could make their, I don't know, McCartney one or um, the rock and roll record that Lennon made or All Things Must Pass. They could do that. But instead, they took the time to slow down and say, you know what? We're making a boy genius record. And they did it. And it's fantastic. Um, yeah, there's not really too much else to add there. It's just a wonderful little uh, piece and... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited. Um, I hope you all like it. Uh, I'm not sure if the platforms that you use will allow you to comment on anything. Um, but if you want to listen to it and uh, get back with me, um, if you go to Pinecast, uh, there should be a link in the podcast notes. Um, if you want to leave a, you know, a review or a remark about what I should review next, uh, that would be great. Uh, I'll try and drop a couple snacks throughout the month of April, uh, just because I'm curious to see what some of these live tracks from the uh, White Stripes sound like, or just go over some honorable mentions that were supposed to be for March. Um, Again, thank you so, so much for listening to this. Uh, It actually had about 25 views, or lessons, I should say, in the first couple weeks that started. That's great. Um, That's a huge amount especially for a brand new podcast like this so i really appreciate that um in addition to that there's really not much else for this episode Uh, i really am trying to flesh out the structure of the episodes i usually throw like a little musical interlude uh, or maybe drop some sponsors Uh, but i do want to say and give a shout out to uh, my buddy jay's podcast Uh, so these guys go over a little bit of history Uh, and they talk about uh, various uh, topics going on in the world today, Uh, and that is the Use Guys and That podcast. Um, They're my friends. Um, I have been on their show a time or two to talk about some pretty supernatural things. (laughs) Uh, Before this podcast, I had a kind of like a random rambling chat or um, as one of my buddies would call it a uh, quote-unquote fart box uh, where you just kind of ramble about various things. But uh, it was a podcast that did kind of similar to that when I was kind of sleep-deprived, and uh, they had me on when I was still running that show. And that being said, they're really cool. Um, I really enjoy some of their uh, takes on things, and uh, I hope you give it a shot. And uh, yeah, so that being said, 
Uh, we'll try and maybe post a little bit more. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Again, I'm still trying to test the waters here since I'm getting back into podcasting. Uh, but this record, or the record, I should say, by Boy Genius is definitely one that should go into your shelves. And I really think that this album has a chance of getting album of the year. The production's really solid. Uh, I think that there are some really good um, pop vocals. So I think that they have a contender for that. They could definitely be an alternative rock album because there's a lot of, again, St. Vincent, Slater Kenny, Nirvana influences, as well as like Crosby, Stills, Dash. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But other than that, uh, I hope you all take care and be kind and have a good, good April. So that being said, we'll talk to you next time. Take care.